Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesu sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast about the TV show Merlin, where Chris and I talk about it every single week. And we're here to talk about Merlin, Excalibur, Merlin. swords, lore. Yeah. Finally, uh, sword lore dropped. Finally. Where were you when sword lore dropped? Finally, I uh, I, they finally picked up a store a sword that has a post-it note on the back, and then when they pulled off the post-it note, it was just like all of the lore about that sword, which is how mm-hmm. I assume stuff in Dark Souls works. That's always been my headcanon. I don't know if I've ever yeah, told you that or not. that's the item description. Is where yeah. else are you going to get it? There's a post-it There's note. There's a post-it they're note really, every time you pick laminated. it up. Yeah. They're laminated and still sticky. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. It's really good. Anyway. It's got uh, one of those like up? little uh, metal bead chains, you know what I'm saying? Like a little loop that, that yeah, holds yeah. the it's laminated actually, card. It's actually a little laminated card on a wallet chain. Yeah. Um, uh huh. Coming off of the moonlight great sword. That's what's on Excalibur. <laughs> and Excalibur, yes. Absolutely. How are you today, Jeremy? I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, I'm. I haven't seen this episode for a while. It's been a week or two mm. since I watched this episode, so I'm excited to. Uh, hopefully, my notes will will hold us instead. Yeah, uh, I think that this was a really good one, as I like far this, as I remember. I like this one a lot. Um, you know who else likes this episode? Who? Our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Who are uh, they? <laughs> over over there, they're great people that give us money every month for cool stuff like exclusive podcasts or access to this podcast early or our Discord. So go check all of that out uh, if you want to support us directly. And in the meantime, we're going to ask Chris. Chris, that's you. What's up? Uh, we're going to ask you what's been happening on the previous eight episodes of Merlin. Uh, last time on Merlin. Merlin and Morgana find themselves working to help a young druid boy named Mordred. Seems risky to help a guy named Mor- Mordred, but no one thought to ask his name, so it can't be helped. But after Morgana is violently rebuked by Uther, she turns to Arthur to help the boy escape. Meanwhile, the dragon cryptically tells Merlin that he should not 
help the boy. Ooh. And although he is conflicted, in the end, Merlin assists in Mordred's escape. We are going to be discussing Merlin season one, episode nine, titled Excalibur, which was written by Julian Jones and directed by Jeremy Webb and came out on November 15th, 2008. Uther's past comes back to haunt him as the fantasy rop based on the legend of King Arthur continues. Yep. A mysterious yep. black knight rides into Camelot, throwing down his gauntlet and challenging the knights of Camelot to mortal combat. Yeah. As he picks off his opponents one by one, it seems that to all that he cannot be beaten. Is this due to his superior skills, or is there a more sinister force at work? Okay, all right. That it's, one. That one was at least sounded like it was. It, it was an accurate one. I just like the, the last the, time. The question it asked at the end is the question that's answered in the first five minutes of the episode. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Cold open. So we start. We're ready to answer that question. We got Nimue. She's back. She's we back, got Nim. baby. Mm -hmm. We can't pronounce her name, so we call her Nim from now on. I think Nimue um, is, is the way. I think Nimue is, Nimue, is it, yeah. yeah. So, mm -hmm. we, dude, she's doing one of my top five favorite things, which is encanting over some old stone coffins in a dusty mausoleum. <laughs> that's got to be, that's up there. That's ranked, high ranked in my favorite things. Um, and she's just, she's down in this spooky place saying spooky stuff that I don't understand until she says Uther's name. Yep. So now we know he's once again got a target on his back. And as soon and as we've she's... been seeing, there, there's been this sort of building um unspoken relationship between the two of them like we don't know what their history is something happened between them uh and and she's been angry ever since well so is he i mean his whole mo is that he's angry at everybody all so. the time he's angry all the time uh and as soon as she says hit the name uther pendragon a armored fist breaks out of the the coffin that she's standing that's over. also that's ranked high in one of my like top 20 favorite things at least oh yeah absolutely yeah anything anything breaking out of a coffin um mm -hmm. especially after incantation like some of these things some of these i would imagine like if you combo them like go up higher on the list so. oh definitely yeah. definitely there's yeah the the unnamed combos in this armored fist breaking out of a uh -huh. coffin uh -huh. due to incantation like that's huge huge during a part of a revenge plot that's yeah come on it's stacking up combo bonuses uh elsewhere bonuses. uther uh is crowning arthur mm -hmm. um this is i just thought it was really funny my note says why are they just making this guy prince yeah and i know it's because he's just come of age he's you know so now he's he's officially being, you know, he's going to be labeled as the crown prince. He's no longer just the son of the king. Um, but I, I just I just also thought it was really funny. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've watched at least like eight episodes yes. where this guy was definitely already the prince. But now he is the official prince of Camelot. Uh, the He is he has been uh, coronated, coronated. Yeah. I know you go to a Cor coronation. I don't know if you can coronate somebody, but uh, you, it was it was Arthur's coronation. Mm -hmm. um, little known trivia that i did actually look up um because i was like well if he's just becoming crown prince who was the previous crown prince it was gaius gaius was actually crown prince interesting <laughs> huge lore but i thought this was all gonna be uh, about swords but instead just, yeah. <laughs> we're we're gonna talk about the one not free man in, in camelot yeah. that is now yeah. the free yeah, man yeah, yeah. in camelot mm -hmm. um Arthur gets his crown. Everybody applauds. Uh, Gwyn and Merlin have a bunch of jokes about being servants uh, and about socks. They do, do a lot of joking mm -hmm. about socks. Uh, and then out of nowhere, an armored knight on a horse bursts through the stained glass window. He's all in black armor. He walks slowly <laughs> up to Arthur and the rest of the knights like rush over to protect him. The knight takes off his glove and just throws it down in challenge. Uh, Uther, you could tell, immediately recognizes the crest on his shield. Uh, and before... Arthur can pick up the glove, Sir Owain, Owain. which yeah. I wrote as Owen for a long time in my notes, uh, 
picks it up and the knight says they will duel tomorrow to to the death uh yes. introducing us into the dumbest bylaw written in camelot's mm-hmm. <laughs> charter or whatever the fuck that we have like it was dumb enough that there was that thing for like that all knights had to be of a royal family that mm-hmm. Uther just like made up because he just wanted some some rich bros, and now like just any motherfucker can come in and throw a gauntlet down. Like, yeah, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Also, so you have a uh, uh, a fully plated armor. You know, a, a dark knight comes mm-hmm. bursting through the window of your castle on horseback. Um, and Uther utters, what in the devil's name? Bro, that is the understatement of the year. <laughs> <laughs> He's a real Leon Kennedy in the frame. You know what I'm saying? Like, what? What the? What the? <laughs> what is this? Uh, this, this uh, yeah, this magical being sprouts flaming wings and Uther just goes, what What the? the? What the? <laughs> uh, we get, we did the intro. And we go to the lab where Gaius is making more drugs. Um, Gaius always making drugs. This guy cooks, dude. He stays in the kitchen. Absolutely. Um, and and Merlin is like, so who was that? Like that night that was that was some, clearly some shit. Am I right? And Gaius was like, I have never seen shit. I can I offer I've, no I've, comment on shit. I have no idea. Uh, I have no no clue. I don't know, I don't know the first know. thing about this. Don't go to bed, it. Merlin. Go to bed. My name is Bennett, and I ain't in it. And Berlin's yeah. like, your name is Gaius. And he's like, I'm not, I don't even know that. You don't even know That's my right. real name. And, I, and I'm not the crown prince anymore. I bet you didn't even know that. I'm not saying shit to you, Merlin. Hmm, how about that? Uh, um, Merlin is, of course, worried about uh, Owain. Uh, and Arthur is just super mad. Um, but he knows he can't do anything because this is the Knight's Code. Uh, mm-hmm. Morgana mm-hmm. is also mad. Uh, we get a brief little scene between the two of them, and then it's back to the former crown prince Gaius, who goes to. Uh, yeah. Apparently, I've been pronouncing this name wrong. Can you can you pronounce it for me? It's it's Jeffrey of Monmouth. Monmouth. What was, um, so it's not yeah. Monmouth, which is probably what I've it's, been saying. Yeah, and that's also not his like name. That's like where he's from. Okay. So his title is of like Geralt of Rivia. You know what I mean? It's wait, Jeffrey wait, wait, of wait, Monmouth. Wait. So Geralt is not his last name isn't Rivia. It's not his last name isn't of Rubia. No, Rubia is a country. Okay, well, maybe we should have finished that podcast, and I would know more. I would know more Geralt lore. We do find out how he gets the name. I think. Um, well, he also it's you know what it's different it's podcast, important. different podcast. Um, Gaius goes to talk to Jeffrey. Uh, they both recognize the 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 crest that this Black Knight was wearing, um, and they well they recognize him. They're like this has to be this dude, uh, and they say it's Tristan. Tristan Dubois, I believe, is what they how they pronounced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the only knight who ever carried that crest. So, if um, it helps out at all, it's, it's spelled Cr- Tristan Dubois. 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 <laughs> that it's means he's. Dubois. That means he's that's of what, the boys, which means the boys are back in Camelot. I just wanted to let so you know that's, that. Oh yeah! Every time they talk about this guy for the rest of the episode, they just say Dubois. Dubois. And then Merlin's like, "Who are Dubois? Who are, <laughs> Who are these Dubois? guys? Is this th- is this like three kids in a trench coat situation? Like, <laughs> are there multiple guys under there?" At the end of the episode, Arthur defeats him with with Excalibur, and the armor splits open, and you realize it was it was just three kids in a in a suit of armor. What um? Who would be most likely to ask Merlin if he knows what Updog is? Um, Gwen. You think Gwen, Gwen. Gwen, Gwen is the prankster? <laughs> Gwen is the... I think, yeah. Okay, okay. I love it. I'd like to see it. Uh, yeah. Gaius goes to see she, Uther. She's constantly offering him Bofa. Yeah, um, oh, 100% Bofa. And because 100%. Merlin is very busy all the time, he's just like, not right now, Gwen. Um, and she says, my name's, not Can- yeah. my name's not Gwen, my name is Candace. And he goes, "Who's Ca- what's Candace? <laughs> 
just dude, she doesn't stop. She doesn't stop. Um Anyway, <laughs> Gaius goes to see Uther, who is, um, you know, this whole time we've been talking about Morgana being goth and kind of just thinking that she kind of came to it of her own. This is uh, this is top 10. This is top 10 Gaius scenes right here. I'm, having, I'm ranking a lot of stuff in this. Episode. this is <laughs> I top, can tell. Excuse me, not Gaius. Uh, top 10 Uther scenes. Mm-hmm. He's sitting at his at his table in the dark, just flickering candles everywhere with a sword on the table. It's saying goth, nothing. Dude. He's speaking to no one. He's just alone in the dark with a sword on the table and candlelight. That's perfect. Um, Gaius arrives and is like, "Hey, we, you know, the boys are back in town." And Aether is like, "Of course, I know the boys are back in the town. The boys yeah. are still using the same shield." Uh, and yeah. we learn that Uther was the one to originally kill the boys, and uh, he's he ends this whole thing <laughs> with the dead men do not return. Uh, meanwhile, the Black Knight, aka Du Bois, is wait just waiting outside of Camelot. Um, this is some of this is also epic. Extra, you just this guy. St- okay. Jokes aside, this is extremely cool because we see this guy out the window. We see him; he's just standing in the center of the courtyard. We've seen this courtyard countless times. We've seen plenty of things out through the windows in this courtyard, um, but we just see this knight, fully clad in his armor, standing there with the, what his flag is that what he has? Um, I thought but it, was like it doesn't even standard. matter what he's holding. It's just yeah. cool. He's yeah. giving off great vibes. He's serving looks, serving and giving looks. off great vibes. Yes, it's giving threat. You know what I'm saying? That's is that how mm-hmm. kids talk nowadays? It's giving threat. That's yeah. I, I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. I don't know if that's what kids say, but that's what he's doing. That's what Du Bois are doing. <laughs> Again, think. this is three children in a trench coat. In a trench coat. This is this Du Bois. This is all but this. They is. cut. They cut an imposing figure. Um, we cut to the next day. Arthur is giving Orwain advice on the fight. Uh, Gwen arrives, having been sent by Morgana to give Orwain her favor for good luck. Mm-hmm. Orwain already. Uh, we already know he's going to die because he wasn't yeah, bro, mentioned bro, as, a, as a regular actor. But uh, I mean, he's he's basically wearing a red shirt, and he's like, "Oh, I absolutely will not lead luck. I am really good at this." Uh, and we go back to our our usual spot where people fight to the death. Uh, this arena, uh, they invited everybody, which I think is dope. Again, this this entire system of justice I think is it's crazy. Dope that the whole town gets to witness. This. I think it's I think it's extremely dope that somebody just. I mean, what else are they the going to do? Pick vegetables all day? Come yeah, on. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, like give the serfs a day off, right? Like I mean. You're basically enslaving them, Uther. You might as well let them have some entertainment. Um, Everybody gathers. The two knights square off. The fight begins. It immediately does not look good for Owain. (laughs) Owain is is, is, is struggling in this fight. The worst thing about Owain's predicament here is that he fights, he fights, and then eventually he scores a killing blow on this dude. He kills us, or it should be. A killing blow on Du Bois, but really, it just goes. It goes right between a pair of one of their legs and and the other one's head, where they were stacked up on each other's shoulders. And it's not a <laughs> it's not a mortal wound. Nothing happens. Uh, he stabbed a boys, but he didn't stab a boy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What if the twist of it wasn't just you know? It's not that it's just an undead. It's not that it's little kids in a trench coat. It's that it's three tiny skeletons on it's each other's three backs. Three little tiny. Oh my god! This would be if I if you were fighting something in Dark Souls. Like, do you remember the first time that you found you? And if anybody at home does not know anything about Dark Souls and wants to look this up, go in, go into your Google search browser right now and look up Bone Wheel Skeleton. And just oh, yeah. and just have a time. Like the first time you see these characters in game, it's hysterical. They come wheeling at you at a thousand miles an hour and mm-hmm. just dead instantly. And if this dude, if I f- ever fought a dude in a video game and I hit him and three skeletons came out, Chris, I would I would clap like a fucking seal. I would yeah. be so yeah. excited. 
It's also shortly after that you run into baby skeletons, and they don't seem like they are the skeletons of babies because oh, that yeah. would be sad. Yeah. These seem like the, they were born as skeletons, and now they're just little guys who haven't grown up into <laughs> yeah. adult, adult skeletons. I think, the, I think the lore is that they are uh, baby skeletons, though, <laughs> unfortunately. Okay, well, well I mean, you, they infinitely respond. So. They're, they're hanging, anyway, out, they're hanging um, out in the door to the guy that controls death. I'm just saying. I mean, that's just who he is. Anyway. Uh, unfortunately, Du Bois... Um, they they take down a Wayne despite the fact that he actually does score a killing blow, mm-hmm. um, but it's not enough and he's cut down and immediately before anyone can even do anything, um, the knight uh, uh, Du Bois throws down the gauntlet again. Arthur rushes to take it, Uther stops him and Sir Pelinor, one of his other men, uh, takes up the gauntlet himself. Um, out of everything, Merlin seems to be the only one who like spotted the killing blow. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it seems like people reacted to it, but then, you know, they're all far away, so they're just like, oh, I guess he didn't actually score that blow. Um, but Merlin, you know, he's got his magic mischief. He knows something's up. Yeah, like, I'm sure these people are just like me trying to watch, like, normal sports, right? Like, just, yeah. what, what was that? Why was it that? Okay, cool. I'm just going to have yeah. another beer. See you later, everybody. Why are the most athletic, well-paid men in America falling, pretending to fall down? I don't know. I, I must I have know. missed something. I don't know. Um... Uther and Arthur argue a lot about Pelinor taking up the challenge. Arthur obviously wants to do this himself, uh, and Uther is not going to um, let him because he's the crown prince. Meanwhile, Merlin and Gaius uh, go t- down to the crypt because Gaius thinks that uh, he knows where this dude is from. And sure enough, they find a boy's grave all busted up and shit. So they go back to the lab where Gaius drops the lore bomb. We learn yeah, that huge, huge lore dump here. We learn that Tristan is not three skeletons in a in a, in a shining plate of armor. It's he was <laughs> Uther's brother-in-law, who yeah, blamed he's the Uther. brother of Uther's late wife Igraine, mm-hmm. um, and he challenged Uther to a fight to the death when his sister Igraine died in childbirth. Yes. He blamed Uther for that for some reason. We don't know why he blamed him for that, but he blamed him for that. Um, and I, I, I think it was more than just, you got my sister pregnant and then she died from pregnancy. I think there seems like there was maybe something else that triggered this uh, reaction. Um, but Uther beat him in combat. This is, we get a little bit of, uh, Uther lore. Um, he's not just a king. He's not just, uh, uh, execution happy, but perhaps he was at one time a, a great warrior. Yeah. Um, and, um, but before Tristan died, he cursed, uh, he cursed, Uther, yes, Camelot. It's usually it's usually Uther and or Camelot. Yeah, um, they're and one they the would same. Suffer his return. Um, so based on that lore dump, Gaius thinks that this is a wraith, uh, and this wraith was likely summoned by a sorcerer. Um, but nothing that he knows of can stop it or kill it until it gets its revenge. So unless this wraith kills Uther, they're all screwed can't be killed by mortal weapons um bah, 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 bah. and then the hard cut to the battle the next day yeah i like this cut a lot because it just smashes us back mm. into the action pelinor actually looks to be doing extremely well uh a, just a, a comment just in general like that how great these fight scenes seem to be uh re-watching game of thrones season one right now uh with autumn and uh it obviously I, I love this bullshit right i love i love these big dudes slamming each other with uh axes game of thrones is a lot more violent but like this show really nails it like they didn't have to be this good like they really spent mm-hmm. the time to, to nail this and I, I just i like it 
Um, and yeah. it's just, and it's filled with drama. Like that's the thing that I think I like the most about it is like they'll be doing stuff and then it cuts to the crowd and the crowd's like, whoa, <laughs> and that cuts to Morgana right. and the gra- right. Morgana's grabbing Gwen's arm and like it's just full. Like it's just so it feels so alive in a way that uh, a I lot think, of the stuff. I think doesn't. that's something that that's movies can sometimes get wrong is they think that it has to be realistic or critics will think that a fight has to be realistic. But when you're watching a movie or a TV show, it doesn't necessarily need the realism. It needs drama. And yes. Merlin is really good at bringing the drama with this stuff. Uh, unfortunately, Pelinor is able uh, to stab this dude right in the stomach. Everybody kind of sees it. Everybody sees it. Uh, but it does not stop the Black Knight who absolutely kills Pelinor. Just, just fucking wrecks the dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this time Uther is unable to stop Arthur from grabbing, um, or no, sorry. Arthur throws his own gauntlet down to challenge the black yeah. knight. I, I'm not going to lie that that was pretty dope. It's pretty <laughs> dope. Was, it's a pretty epic move from Arthur. Arthur. Arthur doesn't always get the most cool, uh, moves, but I, I thought this was pretty dope. He's not, he's not even waiting for that gauntlet to be dropped for somebody else to pick it up. He throws his own down. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Okay, Arthur. Yeah, we get it. We okay. Okay. Now I see that she might have a little destiny in you. I get it. Yeah. I get it. All I right. get it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Um, Merlin immediately knows that like Arthur is going to die, uh, and that he has to use his magic to help somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get some more cool shots of uh Du Bois just staying in the arena, silent, <laughs> just standing mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives threat. It's giving threat, as I mentioned earlier, which I'm pretty yeah, sure is a hundred hundred percent right. I've read that in Merlin and um Morgana's uh, zine. That was new. Slide. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. Um, ominous vibes for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then we get the scene with with Uther talking to Arthur, continuing to forbid him to fight. Uh, but Arthur's like, nope. If if the you know rule of combat applies to the knights, then it applies to him as well. So he's going to fight. Um, then we, we get, get a little this... bit more. Oh yeah, you already mentioned how yeah Merlin wants to to use his magic, find a weapon for for Arthur. Um, if no mortal weapon can kill the knight, then he'll use mortal magic, is what he says. So he's gonna he's gonna concoct something up. Then we get this fucking dope ass shot of the knight standing in in the moonlight in the court, courtyard. Um, and now Gaius comes to do a second lore dump uh, to fill Uther in on what's going on. He says this is this is Tristan. Uh, he was uh, conjured from the dead, and he is a wraith seeking vengeance. Um, they they. I don't know if it's Uther or Gaius says. Uh, yeah, I think it's Uther says that. Um, what, what that one of them says that magic killed Degrain, not him. He had it, yeah. it wasn't Uther's fault. It was the magic. Um, this is that was Uther because Uther is kind that of was Uther. on the yes, defensive yes, yes, about yes, yes. all of this uh, because uh, obviously like he didn't want to kill his late wife's brother. Um, mm-hmm. Having lost, you know, a member of your family, you don't typically want to murder other members of your family, um, unless sure. unless you're either, I guess. Um, yeah. But he didn't. He didn't actually want to murder this thing. But it, like he, you know, he was challenged, and so he had to because that's the law. Uh, Gaius is saying, like, yo, if you don't tell Arthur the truth about his birth and about what the situation is, he is going to die. And this sets Uther off in one of those things like we, we saw a couple of episodes ago where he literally grabbed Morgana by, by her throat and like pressed her mm-hmm. against the, the table. And he says, you know, I, I swear I will never tell Arthur the truth about his birth. And if you do it, uh, I, I warn you not to break your oath to do the same. Yeah. Um, no in one a way but that, you or I will ever know the secret of Arthur's birth. And that the secret of Arthur's birth is such a tantalizing sentiment, right? Oh, like, yeah. well, what is going on? What is this? Uh, it's almost like that, you know, the Jon Snow type of thing. Like you could have, you could have really milked this out over the course of, of a lot of episodes. I think they just tell us this episode, though. Um, 
but yeah, he he sternly warns Gaius not to interfere, not to tell Arthur. Um, meanwhile, Merlin, uh, having done a little bit of research, sneaks up on the Black Knight in the courtyard and is like, "Time for some fucking magic!" And he casts yeah. Faraga. He, yeah. he 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 sends the fire spell out towards the knight, uh, and the knight just like stands there. Doesn't yeah. move, doesn't react to anything. Eventually, the fire just goes out, and Merlin like turns tail. Way and, to go, Merlin! You just <laughs> made this guy seem more dope. <laughs> he runs away like a fucking cartoon. He's like, <laughs> like yep. yoink! You just guys, you just made this guy seem so much more sick than he even was before. He suddenly, he's just standing there in the moonlight, looking extremely cool. And then you set him on fire, and he doesn't flinch. And now he's just standing there, burning in the moonlight. Come on! Totally fucking sick. Uh, That's sick. That's sick. Merlin runs away and he runs to Arthur's room and he bursts and in. And he tells him to pull out. And Arthur's like, I never pull out. Never pull out. Uh, but also he's- Ever. Uh, Arthur is doing something that I feel like uh, you are doing a lot in your room when you're alone, which is just like flourishing a sword around the, the, the place. Just like well, spinning it uh, around, yeah. practicing your yeah. wrist technique, you know? A few a few broken lamps later and I do it slightly less. Okay. But Yes. <laughs> That's why you need a bigger room, Chris. My my uh, my ceilings aren't as high as Arthur's. Uh, eventually, Arthur gets tired of Merlin begging him to pull out and says, uh, "You need to get the fuck out of here." GTA again. My pullout game is nil. I do not <laughs> do not and pull I out. Will not. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Uther is getting a serious brood on once again, just putting in the work. Morgana's in the, behind the curtain, just making notes on how to brood. Like I'm, nothing in my life is this sad. I got to figure out what I got to figure out some more sad stuff so I can brood. Uh, but who else but Nimoy appears and st- begins mm. to taunt him. Um, and now we find more Loric bombs. Uh, what kind of set Nimoy off into this path of revenge? Uh, it's revealed that Uther's wife was unable to get pregnant, had not given him a son. Uh, and so Uther went to Nimoy to use to ask her to use her magic to give him a child. And of course, uh, didn't did not realizing that the child uh, that that would cost something, not realizing that there has to be for a life, there has to be a death. Of course, his wife dies. And this is what set Uther against all magic forever ever mm-hmm. amen um he 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 threw Nima away from the court uh he slaughtered all of her kind uh and as she's talking about this and there's some like real tension in this conversation as they're going back and forth because these are two people that absolutely hate each other uh yeah. like it's one point she calls her she calls Egwene um his barren wife and he like react yeah. don't you dare call to her, talk to her like that and then at the end as she goes through all of this she says if i'd known what if I didn't? If I had, if I hadn't, if I if had I ha- foreseen her death and the terrible retribution you would seek, I would never have granted you your wish. And he says, "I wish you hadn't." And she says, "You wish you didn't have a son. Well, your wish will come true tomorrow." And then she dips out. She and vanishes. She dips. And this is so good. I love this moment of like connection between these two people that absolutely hate each other. Like they are literally mm-hmm. the cause of their own destruction at this point. And and you realize like, hey, like Nimue. Again, she tried to poison all of Camelot, not just Uther. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, and that's the way I think that Merlin is lacking in some ways. Like with these villain characters, it always gets to like almost cartoonish. Like we have to kill 
everybody in the world because you did something bad. Um, but I really like this idea of like she, she she wasn't always just an evil chick, right? Like she she right. had a life. She was at court. She had family, and Uther is the one that like eliminated all of that and took everything away from her. Um, I know I was sympathizing a little bit with Uther in the Discord recently, um, and I'll I'll get to that towards the end of this episode because I do think he has some. You can be a little sympathetic for him here, but mm-hmm. I just I really really like this moment of connection where he's like Samesies, and <laughs> she's like that's yeah. not a that's they, not they aren't. Stop reading I don't think words. they're justifying him, but they're humanizing him exactly, which is, mm-hmm. which is just as good. You know, um, it is interesting. You know, watching. I was just thinking a little bit while we were talking. Um, the scene prior to this where Arthur tells Merlin to basically get out of the way. Um, it is interesting to see Arthur almost acting like Uther in mm-hmm. some ways with that, you know, violence first kind of do as I say and, and don't question me kind of attitude. Um, but look where it got Uther. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it's not a good scene. Uh, and again, the idea of hiding all of this from Arthur, right? Like that, mm-hmm. that's also really mm-hmm. fucked up. Um, yeah. Merlin has snuck into the library, uh, Jeff, Joff's library, uh, and yeah. when Joff finds him, uh, that he gets a stern talking to, and then Merlin is like, hey, but do you know of any like fancy sword tales? And he's like, oh yeah, absolutely. I've got, check out this tale. It's about a sword that can kill anything alive or dead. And they're like, yes, that is exactly what I need. Uh, so he he opens this book, and he realizes that it's a sword of legend, and the sword has been passed through uh, dragon's breath. Uh, and Merlin is like, I got this. No problem. I got this. I got this. This is no sweat. Um, we, dude, this, I can't believe we're getting so much sword lore here. Um, uh, so, okay. All right. Merlin is like, all right, sick. I'm out of here. He immediately goes to Gwen, asks her uh, for a favor after this moment of awkward flirting. They constantly make these two flirt. Um, uh, but then he says he needs the strongest sword that her father has ever made in order to save Arthur. Um, quickly, we cut over to Morgana. Um, she's now um, going to Arthur so that they can both stare out the window at the night. Um, and she begs him again to, to turn away from this. She knows he's going to die. Um, uh, Arthur insists that it's his duty that he has to. And then Morgana just says, I understand. And then she leaves. But when she says, I understand, that, in my interpretation of this, seemed to hit me or to seem to hit Arthur harder than anything else anybody said. The somebody saying I understand to his insistence that it's his duty almost seemed to shake him more than anything else. Um that's my interpretation at least. Um just the way that he kind of reacts with this, this subtle shift in his face. Um as if, you know, finally somebody is taking him seriously. Finally somebody is saying I understand that your oath is important. Uh, that your honor is important. I understand that you have to do this. And it's like, because of that, it finally kind of sank in a little bit, just how deep shit he's in. I wish there were more of these moments between Arthur and Morgana in the first season, because Mm -hmm. these are two people that grew up together. uh, And there's a weird uh, aspect to their relationship of like, oh, they may be expected to marry one day or something, um, which is obviously not how everything plays out eventually. But it's, I, I like the idea that they have a, a real basic understanding of one another um, and almost an mm-hmm. acceptance of like, I get it. Like you, I can't talk you out of this. So I'm just going to support you. Like I'm right. I'm, I'm here because I can't possibly be anywhere else. Um, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, real, there's a lot of good moments in this episode, Chris. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, and I'm glad that they don't always just let these things 
be a one note relationship every time they, they show anybody. There's always something a little bit different going on. Um, I think that that reflects that these are characters that do spend a lot of time together, even if we don't always see it. Um, but yes, meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Uther does the unthinkable and goes to the lab and apologizes yeah. to Gaius. Uh, he Damn. says he, he was sorry for the way he acted, uh, but he will not allow Arthur to die. So he is going to take Arthur's place in his fight. Uh, he believes that once Tristan Du Bois is able to kill him, that the it'll stop the wraith. It'll stop the spell that is powering the wraith, uh, which will allow Arthur to continue to live. Uh, and he is here not only to apologize, but to make sure that Gaius will not tell Arthur the secret of his of his birth, about his mother, about the magic or anything. Um, extremely good stuff. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, Gwen pulls out her father's best sword, um, hands it to Merlin. You mentioned the flirting. The flirting is extremely cute right here. Like, I feel like we, like, she's like, of course, Merlin, I'll do anything for you. And he smiles and she's like, well, not, not like anything, you know, just like yeah. most things. I will do some things for you. Well, just that, like sounds, that sounds weird things, too. Okay? I will do more, like some standard stuff as well. I'm just, I'm just do normal stuff with you. And that with you, that sounds weird too. What do you need? What do you need from this relationship? What? What? What, what is want? it? Why are you here? Are you going <laughs> to kill my out. dad again? Um, yeah. She so Marlin grabs a sword from her, uh, runs to the dragon, um, who is basically waiting for them. Uh, and uh, you know, the dragon is basically saying, Hey, you know, if the Wraith wants Uther dead, why not? Like, I'm telling yeah. you, you need to protect Arthur. Like, I don't give a fuck about Uther. And of course, we we kind of know that the dragon has some hidden motivations for some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he also warns Merlin, like, Hey, if we forge this weapon, it will be a weapon of great power. It shouldn't be wielded by anyone but Arthur. And if anyone evil wields it, it will it can do great, great harm to the world. Yeah. No sweat. So, you know. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> not not setting anything up at all, right? Yeah. No. Uh we get this great scene of the of Merlin lifting the sword up, uh using his magic and the dragon bathing the sword in flame. Uh once again warning Merlin that the sword is forged for Arthur alone. And they uh, promise. This is because Merlin says, okay, I understand. And he says, you have to do more than understand. You have to promise. You have to promise, Merlin homie. says, I promise. That's, that's heavy. Mm-hmm. Heed my words. The sword was forged for Arthur and him alone after he blasts the shit with dragon fire and the sword glows with light. It's got some sweet runes on it. Um, we're ready to go. <laughs> the dragon is then like, okay, you promised. But now I need you to pinky yeah. promise. And Merlin's like, do yeah. you have do you have pinkies? Do you, is that, do you have pinkies? T- and he's like, yes, I do. And it's the same size as yours. It's going to freak you it's out, but I need you to be I got cool a little. It. I got a little weird pinky. And I, got I a little human pinky. I got a little right? human pinky. It's on my right wing. Nobody needs to talk about it outside of the cave. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see. The, uh, Gaius doesn't need to know about the pinky. And Merlin gets up there and he looks at it and he's like, Dragon, I'm confident that this is not a pinky. <laughs> That's my pinky. And I want you to pinkies curl. Pinkies don't have holes at the tip of it. Okay. I want you to curl your pinky around my pinky, Merlin. This is what we do. Dragon, it's... I don't want to. Dragon, why touch, are you moaning when I do it? Oh, I don't God, like it, that. Oh, it feels so good. Touch it more, Merlin. Grab it. Grab it, Merlin. Okay, promise over. <laughs> Give me the sword back. I'm done. Consider this promise broken. I will let Arthur die before I touch that little pinky. <laughs> Um, uh, anyway, the next day, <laughs> oh no, guys comes to give Arthur something to help him sleep. Yes, um, he's just come off of this moment of what seemed like genuine friendship with Uther, where they're like, "We are Du Bois. Screw those boys. We are Du Bois. We are um, Du Bois." 
And and yeah, he comes to give Arthur help something to help him sleep, he says, but uh-oh, he knocks him out with uh this like sleeping drug or whatever. So um and then he locks him in his room. This is sneaky, guys. Come on, bro, you're better than this. We get a, a brief... I guess if your best friend is Uther, then no, you're not better than this. Yeah, you're not, definitely not better than this. Like you you have a lot to atone for, and this is not the direction to go. Um Speaking of Uther, he's he's brooding out the window, staring at the night. This is like the probably the sixth person that just stares out of the window looking mm-hmm. at this night. And I think that's extremely dope. Uh, if there was a night just like posted up on your street, I, I the whole neighborhood would be out looking through the windows. Dude, at him, the, you know, the local Facebook page would not be able to stand it. Like it would be, no. it would be. Who's this night? Who's that night? What's oh, that's doing? my cousin. Why that's that's your moving? cousin Tyrone. Don't stop lying, Tyrone. It would be a, it would yeah. be, a, it'd be miserable. Yeah. Uh, the next day. Right? Is that where we are? Yes. Merlin is ex- examining the sword that he made with, mm-hmm. with glee, his, his typical grin. Um, but then Uther comes in and sees it. And he's like, yeah, uh, I think I'll be taking that uh, sword, well, please. I am going to take the, the really beautiful sword. Uh, no problem. No problem. Merlin tries to insist this is for Arthur, but he's like, nope, Arthur's not fighting today. I'm fighting for him. Um, and he makes Merlin suit him up. And then there's this this weird moment. This weird, unexpected moment between Uther and Merlin, and he comments that that Merlin shows extraordinary loyalty to Arthur, um, and and Merlin very vaguely says, "You could say there is a bond between us." <laughs> um, with you know, putting that aside, Uther says, "Well, I'm glad. Look after him, um, because this is a man who is going to his death for his son, um, for his crimes. Essentially, you know, he." He genuinely believes that he's he's walking out there to die. Um, he sacrificed, un, unknowingly sacrificed his wife for his son, um, and and now he's sacrificing himself for his son. And Uther is a bad man. And there is no changing that, but there is some some thing in him that is noble. Um, there's a there's a level of, res- of of personal thing. responsibility, and I think yeah. also nobility. I do think it's funny that this this moment between. Uther and Merlin doesn't happen um, until Uther is like, "Who made this? This isn't yeah. this isn't official Camelot merch. Where you where'd you bootleg this sword in yeah. from?" And Merlin's yeah, yeah. like, "Oh, I went to Tom the blacksmith because I wanted him. I wanted Arthur to have a better sword." And he was like, "Oh, you like my son? That means that I can like you. <laughs> <laughs> like it takes yeah, a moment yeah, for yeah. Uther to figure out what's happening." So, yeah. Um... It's and and it's one of those other things where he's like, I am still a little bit frustrated that I even recognize who you are. Um, that displeases me <laughs> to, to have to know a servant's face. <laughs> uh, however, I am glad that you that you are looking out for my son. Um, Uther walks into the arena, shocking everybody, because of course this is the king. Uh, he confronts the knight directly, saying, "You can have what you come for, but it's the father and not the son." Uh, we get a quick glance at Arthur, who. Uh, and one of the most embarrassing moments of the episode is just face down, ass up, passed out. Yeah, like yeah, Arthur. Just, that's the way he likes to sleep. That's the um, way he likes to sleep because he's Arthur is a virgin, just like everybody else on the show. Yes, so, yes. Um, um, this is the best sleep of his life, but it's still um, face down, ass up, moral, morally um, not a, not good. It's provocative. It's provocative. It's sure. a little. It's a little provocative, right? I just mean what, what was done to him was not good. But, yeah, yeah. But um, he is laying in a provocative position that you would say. like. If Merlin yeah. walked in, Merlin would be like, "Damn, I need to put this this dude on his side." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, 
anyway, the battle begins. And Arthur, he finally awakens to the sound of, of swords outside. This is his favorite sound to awaken to. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he finds that he's locked in his room. So he doesn't even get to see the epic melee take place. Um, unless it's like right outside his window. I was going to say, presumably it's just right outside the window because that's where he kept staring all the time. So I'm just going to assume that he has like the, the, the Morgana view of the execution chamber. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's like a it's like a 360 view of all of Camelot, even though he's not like up in a tower or anything. Um, but yeah, uh, Uther, Uther fights the, the Wraith. Eventually he manages to knock the helmet off and he reveals that it has a spooky face. Um, <laughs> three skeletons inside. Three skeletons. <laughs> ah! um, Nimoy is in the crowd. Um, she's cheering. She's eating popcorn. She's got one Having of those big foam time. fingers. She's like, all. she's into this. Um, eventually the sword, this magical sword is knocked out of Uther's hand. He's almost killed. Um, eventually the Wraith sword gets stuck in Uther's shield. There's this back and forth. Eventually, Uther has enough time to grab his sword and stab the Wraith, uh, and and that's all it takes to to completely destroy it. The three skeletons burst out of the armor and they and they run away, scamper clutching away, at their, clutching at their bums. Yeah, they absolutely scamper. They don't run; they scamper. Clickety clackety. Uh, this this and, this Camelot bums me out exactly. <laughs> that's yeah, what they're saying. Yeah. And, and everybody cheers. Everybody's everybody's very excited. Um, and Uther throws down the sword, and I'm like, Phew, Phew. good yeah. thing he did that. Um, also, but just bad sword etiquette. Like you know, care for yeah. your care for your weapon, my friend. Um, Seriously, that was special. He uh he takes you know uh he takes his helmet off. Crowd is, is 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 singing. It's everything is happy. And then we cut to uh what has to be a couple of hours later. Um, Gaius is tending to Uther's wound, and they discuss the sword and where it came from. But you know, Gaius is like, God, I already know. Um, yeah, Arthur, uh, this Gaius, is... Gaius, or Uther rather, can't read. I believe what's on the sword. So Gaius examines it, and the inscription on one side says, "Take me up," and on the inscription on the other side says, "Cast me away." Um, and he, Uther, tells Gaius that this was the sword was made for Arthur. Um, I'm just that's a cool inscription. I'm, yeah. I'm into that mm-hmm. inscription. Um, Arthur burst in, uh, fully awake, mm. uh, and, um, unable to understand, uh, what happened. Um, he is, he's beyond mad. Uh, you're just like, you were just a big sleepy boy. That's you're not you're so sleepy. I'm, we, I'm sorry. We, we'd let you, you with, with your, with your ass up, but I mean, that's just that how was, you, that was pretty cowardly of you, Arthur. They to, they're totally gaslighting you. <laughs> it was really shitty that you just went to sleep and I had to go fight at your stead. Yeah. Um, I think I'm such a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he confronts Uther, who does not apologize, and he is, is completely unapologetic. He says, you mean more to me than you will ever know, more than this entire kingdom, and certainly more than my entire than my own life. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, because Arthur says, you know, I always thought you were a disappointment in me. Yeah. And he's, he says, that that is my fault and not yours. You are my only son, and I will not have any other. Bro! Bro! That's nice! This is it a doesn't nice... make up for all the other shitty stuff you do, but that's nice! Nice moment. Uh... Back in the lab, eventually, uh, well, there's some jokes between Arthur and Uther about coming to training and I'm, I'm, I'm going to punch you in the stomach and all that kind of like manly bullshit. Uh, back in the lab, Gaius uh, eventually gets Merlin to tell him um, basically like, I, yeah, I, I'm responsible for the sword. Um, and then that night, the dragon calls Merlin and Merlin goes over there and has to confess that Uther is the one that used the sword. Uh, and the dragon upon hearing this screams and says, this sword was born of the old magic and you have no idea of its power in the hands of Uther. It will bring great evil. Of course, Merlin heavy shit. 
Merlin just is like, yo, homie, let's just fucking get rid of the sword. Let's just destroy it. Like, you know, and he's like, no, uh, can't, it cannot be unmade. So you need to hide the sword where no mortal man can find it. Uh, so Merlin rushes over to the armory, grabs it, takes it to a lake, stares at it longingly, hurls it into the lake. I genuinely thought, this is one of those weird, like, um, Mandela effects. I genuinely thought I remembered a hand popping out of the lake to catch this sword. And I thought it was going to be <laughs> so cool. Uh, and no, that does not happen. The lake, it just hits the the lake uh, and floats to the bottom. Um, and that's it. That's, that's yeah, the no episode. No one's ever going to go out there because uh, no one in Camelot can swim, which is yeah. crazy, but it's true. There's, there's only one lake, and it's full of fucking fairies that want to kill you, yeah. want to eat your soul. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fairies and discarded magical objects. Yeah, it's a horrible place to swim. It's not a good place to swim. <laughs> it's not a good place. Um, yeah, this is a great episode. Sword lore, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Multiple skeletons and a an armor, great. Love it. Uh, they the Mad Men. They actually did it. We've been saying it for years. We've been saying it for years. They finally did it. Uh, fantastic stuff. I uh, really loved the reveal of um, Nimue and Uther's history together. I think it'd been really easy to make Nimue just this like generic, I want to kill Camelot because they're the light and I am the dark. Uh, but it's right. not, it's no, a little she's, bit. She's a very sympathetic character. I mean, yeah. other than the fact that she, you know, poisoned the water supply for all of Camelot. Um, other than that, she's a, she's is a sort of sympathetic character. Her, her revenge quest makes perfect sense. 100%. And you can see how, how it would balloon. Um, and, and how it would become, I, I don't, I want to inflict as much pain on Uther as possible. And if that means destroying his people, then I will. Yeah. Um, so if it's destroying his dreams, I am willing to destroy his dreams, even if other people get in, get in my way. Um, which is, Uther did the same to her. He destroyed countless people. So she's like, well, life for life. (laughs) Uh, that's it. That's the episode. I really dug this, Chris. Did you, did you also dig this? this Excellent episode. Uh, next week we are going to, uh, I think have our first Game of Thrones character. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think we could Gendry in this one. Gendry is going to be in the next episode and we're going to revisit, uh, Merlin's home, um, so that the boys, uh, can do it, have some feet action. There's a, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a feet scene in this next episode because I almost used it for the video Excellent, <laughs> and, perfect. and people talked just, me out of it. So just what we needed. Uh, it's, I uh, gotta love the feet. Uh, any last thoughts Chris awesome episode excited to see Gendry um, see what he's been up to blacksmith in a way you know uh, thank you everybody for listening we very much appreciate it if you'd like to support us patreon.com slash monster of the week is the place to do so uh, you can also leave reviews and ratings on various uh, podcasting services I've seen some of those now I finally got my review service up and running so thank you very much for the nice words I really appreciate it And uh, we'll be back next week with more of Merlin. Bye. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you. I can hear you. Yeah. Wow. We're... Um, This is podcasting. This is podcasting. Can I read you an email? Uh, Yeah. Um, Important message from uh our podcast provider please reply (laughs) okay greetings podcaster i'm writing today to congratulate you on the success of the podcast monster of the week a supernatural podcast we've transferred over 2309.82 gigabytes serving your podcast to your listeners over the last 30 days we hope you're continuing to enjoy 
our podcast host. Uh, while we're here to support you as you grow, your success has reached a level where we need to ask you to upgrade your account to our professional plan. Oh. <laughs> uh, this is so much per month. Uh, this plan allows us to pass along our incredibly low bandwidth per gigabyte cost to you, which will help to keep Fireside running for years to come. Are we too big for our britches right now? Is that what you're telling me? Well, here's the thing, and I'm not necessarily against this, but it's really weird that they singled out Monster of the Week because, I mean, Monster of the Week is, an, is a podcast that hasn't been regularly coming out over the last two months. Yeah. And looking at the stats, our stats definitely reflect that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we have been dropping pretty significantly since, you know, we ended in March, which is what we yeah. expected. Like, it's so not like... Dropped significantly since we finished the podcast. Yeah. And I don't... And maybe because the podcast has... I mean, our our account, like, we share that with, um, there's a total of 15 podcasts on there now, four of which are on hiatus, which means we can't upload them or anything. Um, and the other ones of which are, like, you know, our friends. Um, and that's fine. Like, it's that's NBD. I just, it's just so weird that all of a sudden they're like, you know, we need, we need extra money. And I looked on their website and it's like, you know, you get X amount of downloads per month and we're nowhere near that <laughs> at the plan that yeah. we're currently in. So... Um, that's, that's very strange. That's yeah. very strange. So I thought you would be interested in the, in the business of podcasting. Yeah. So now we're, yeah, it's like when you upgrade your, um, Instagram to an Instagram account mm-hmm. uh, or to a business Instagram account, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then nothing changes, but everybody thinks you're a douchebag. <laughs> yes. It's a hundred percent correct. Um, I do remember when I did that for the, I want to say it was the monster of the week Facebook page. Uh, I like upgraded it because I wanted to buy an ad for it when we first started mm-hmm. it, and it enabled a whole new interface on Facebook I'd never seen before, and it was just the most. It was just the grossest shit in the world. Like it just felt hard. Like I felt icky even using it. It like, feels icky. And Instagram and when I did it, it was back. You know, I would, when I was really into Instagram and posting like my video game stuff or whatever, and we were doing the video game podcast. Um, so it felt like, oh, this is this is fine. This makes sense for me to do it. But then you have to like choose a category. And mm-hmm. the only thing that was applicable in any way, shape, or form was like public figure. And I was like, as a person who does a podcast with like 80 listeners, <laughs> I'm not sure public <laughs> figure is really appropriate uh... for this. But there was there was nothing else. I shouldn't have done it. I should have just left it. I think you could like look at analytics or something if you made it like a yep. business account. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I don't really use Instagram anymore. So um so who knows it's a mystery do you don't use social media just at all anymore i feel like like i I, I rarely see you on social media anymore i just you know i I thought you know i just take a take a step back it's just like i i can think about other things if i'm not thinking about i I mean i look at twitter all the time i just don't tweet anymore ah well that's you know looking at it is arguably the worst part of it so (laughs) that's true that's true all i see for the most part, I just follow stuff that I think is funny, or I follow accounts that post like cool fan art, and that's basically that's my entire timeline now. Um, so I have spared myself a little bit, but I still inevitably I'm going to look at like the trending page and um, you know see get how mad. awful the world get, get, is. But it's okay. Get mad about something. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it's there for. Hey, is that a dog I heard in the background? Yeah, that was Penny. Penny is feeling. There was- there was a dog staying here for a while. Yeah, <laughs> and I told you I was literally. So I'm just. <laughs> Like, you know, I, I was playing. I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen to try and um, uh, just, unwind. You know, just chill out. Just chill, unwind or whatever. I didn't know that there was a dog here. I had family come in to stay. Didn't know there was a dog here. And um, I my my bedroom in the house is like 
separate from everything else, but I don't have a doorway. I just I have a staircase that leads just to my room. There's nothing else there, but I don't have a door on that. I just have a curtain. So I'm in there. I'm fighting a raid boss. I'm tanking a raid boss in Final Fantasy XIV, and I'm doing my best. And then suddenly, I'm just like, what is that noise? Is something outside? Like, Because I, I could hear something. It was just an unfamiliar sound, and that's because I had never heard a dog coming up my staircase and sniffing its way into my room. And I was just like, whose fucking dog is this? What is happening? And then I just slowly was like, okay, like, I got to figure out what's going on, but I'm I'm tanking a raid boss. I can't pause the game. That's not pause. an option. If I die, everyone's fucked. Mom, I can't pause. This is Dark Souls. Yeah. So I just like slowly like led the dog. The dog was very friendly, and I was like, hello, dog. And I was petting it and let it back downstairs, just, just mashing circle over and over. I'm like, I hope I'm still hitting this fucking thing. I hope I'm still alive. Um, brought it down. Yeah, it turns out it was my uncle's dog. It had just been wandering around the house. Went back upstairs. Um, I was still alive. Didn't die. Beat the raid boss. So... Um, double whammy but yeah it's i just feel like that's <laughs> that situation sort of sums up the last week of my life it's been uh you've been through you've been through the through the wars man i, I am sorry about all of that <clears throat> yeah i guess well i wasn't going to talk about it but we did we vaguely tweeted so while i was watching merlin for when we were this was episode was supposed to come out whatever whatever day that was uh while oh, dude, i had five minutes left in the episode mm-hmm. and then i find out that my grandmother passed away now, I live with my grandmother, so obviously, you know, this is, this is a big deal. Um, I won't get into it too much, but it was just like from then on, it was a heavy week. It was it was a lot going on. And I kept being like, you know what? It's okay. You know, I can't be sad all the time. You know, I have to like put it aside sometimes, but let me let me go and record. But every time I tried to do it, it was either something came up. My whole fucking family was here. Yeah. <laughs> it was a whole lot going on. Um, or it was just like, okay, I can't do it. Um, but anyway. And I people won't get too sh- into it. And but. people should know that I was trying to crack the whip. I was on the phone every yeah. day saying, Chris, you need to get your ass into the podcast studio yeah. because we have we have Merlin to <laughs> Di- chat about. Dial in from the cemetery. We gotta I don't, get this done. I don't give a fuck if you're at the wake, dog. We got yeah. Merlin business to discuss <laughs> right so now. Funny. I was like, hey, I just found out my grandmother died. Um Okay, I'll be ready to record in like 15 minutes. And you were like, dude, no. <laughs> just please be normal Chris. <laughs> i was like let's not let's just absolutely not do that like, let's just, just, give me, uh, just give me 10 it's fine yeah. it's fine you oh. sounded even via text i could tell that you were obviously like that's a that's a state of emergency uh for yeah. most people i think i mean like when i lost my grandfather like it it was a time for for me and uh, and i was you know i was older um mm. and i was kind of the one that was responsible for like you know, setting, doing the funeral arrangements and stuff. And I never right. had to do all that before. That was, that was miserable, but like, it's weird because it's just, it's, it's a, you're just like working through your grief. Um, like Sam mm-hmm. kisses through his, as we've talked about in the past. That's right. Um, That's right. Uh, it, and it was weird. Cause like I, uh, was watching Merlin and then I had to like oh, come back from my break from work and be like, Hey guys. Um, I know I just came back from break, but <laughs> I got some bad news and I need to go take another break. Um, <laughs> And they were very understanding, but at the same time, nobody really like eased up on me. And I was like, "Okay, sick. Um, thanks, thanks, work. Um, I'm going through it, but that's all right. I'll just keep on fucking working. No big deal." Um, but you know, putting aside putting aside all of that stuff, because you know, people, everybody's lost somebody in their family, and everybody knows mm-hmm. what it's like. Um, mm-hmm. But the weirdest thing about about everything that's happened is going to the wake and funeral. And obviously, you, I have a. I, 
I guess a big family. I don't know. Um, we got people coming in from different parts of the country and, and everybody's there for it. But then there's all like the friends and family and family friends and all this stuff that, that you know, they know my parents, they know my grandmother. Um, and they just know every intimate detail about my life. Yes. I have these people coming up to me like, oh, Chris, I'm so sorry. Shake my hand. Give me hugs. I'm like, that's great. And they're like, do you remember me? I'm like, absolutely not. Absolutely no, of course not. These not. people no. know so much about me. And I'm like, I don't recognize any of them. This is so weird. What is going on? And it's because Facebook, because my parents just post you know, everything. everything on Facebook. I'm friends I'm uh, friends with your mom on Facebook, so I get, right. I, I get a lot that's of right. updates. <laughs> do you think your mom would accept a friend request from me? I can't see why not let's see let's go find out i don't know your mom's first name but i can figure that out pretty easy um but yeah so it's it's weird it's weird right being like intimately recognized by strangers um yes. like you guys don't even know i do a merlin podcast okay so don't act like you know me like that please i uh i get the questions like are are you still doing that computer stuff um, are you still doing that computer stuff? Because <laughs> I used to do computer stuff <laughs> way back in the day. And uh, and by computer stuff, they mean programming my great-grandmother's VCR so she, it would record her stories while we were at the mm-hmm. doctor's appointment. Like, that was that was it. That was that was the computer stuff. Um, That's the computer stuff. It's, 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 a, it's a lot. Uh, dealing with not only, like, the loss of someone that's very close to you and that has been a part of your life since you were born, but also just, like, the, the more... I have more time I've spent at funerals and wakes and dealing with like the, the whole business of, of grief, the, the mm-hmm. less inclined I am to ever experience it again. Uh, yeah. Autumn, Autumn is very anti funerals. Uh, she's just like, you know, she's just like, I'm not, I don't want to go. I don't, I didn't know the person. Yeah. I don't care. She like, pickets I, them. She boycotts. She them. Bo- pickets, she, boycotts. She's them, outside absolutely. the cemetery with the sign. And she's, she would be there for me. Absolutely. But like when my aunt Vicky died, who was my great, my, my grandmother's sister, um, Autumn was like, yeah, I'm not going with you to that funeral. <laughs> she's like, I, I, I didn't know her. You've never talked about her. Like, I don't know how you even know her. Like there's, she's not important in your life. You're just going as a, you know, an obligation. I don't want to go at all. Like, I'm not going to go and just stand around and be super awkward. And guess what? Mm-hmm. She's absolutely fucking right. I used to kind of like sure. push back against this a little bit on her, be like, no, no, no. It's the, you know, we have to go. It's responsibility. You have to. It's family. It's family, dude. It's family. And it actually, it is family. And also, like, you don't have to put yourself through that experience. I don't think. Like, I, right. right. I was miserable during the entirety of my mom's funeral. Like, absolutely yeah. fucking miserable. I've talked about this publicly before, but like. I don't know, man. Like the dude got up and started talking about Jesus and God, and I'm like, she was so not that chick. <laughs> like, yeah. You're talking, you're talking about a totally different person. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not trying to like st- like steal this conversation or anything. I just it, no, it, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. It's um, that's <laughs> why the podcast was late. Um, it was a, it was, um, yeah, it was, it was a long week. I there's still there's still work ahead. You know, that's just how it goes with these things. But um, yeah that's that's what happened now everybody knows now everybody knows um so do you want to talk about video games do you want to talk about movies Uh, tv shows you know it sucks because i at the day you know i had been so busy with work that i hadn't like been able to think about the podcast and then the day where i'm like all right i'm watching merlin i was like i was like i'm back in it i got it back you know work is less stressful now i can focus on this i can get back and i'm thinking of all these you know i'll have a thought and then go, oh, I'll bring that up. I'll bring that up on the podcast. And then we can, you know, we can talk about it in the outtakes or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so many, just so many things happened. That I'm like, what were all what, of those what were thoughts any of those thoughts? <laughs> what were, were all those thoughts I was having? Literally uh, a single one. Uh, I want to tell you about a video game uh, that I played. 
um, called Tunic. Have you heard of this video game? I've heard of Tunic. Tunic is a... I don't like, know anything about it, though. I just I heard everybody talking about it immediately after Elden Ring. I was like, you're kidding yourselves if you think that this is worthy <laughs> of stopping Elden Ring right now. It's a, uh isometric like adventure game um, with a like, cute uh, kind of, uh, you know... Do you play as a mouse? That's what I imagine. You play as a fox. Okay, that's mouse-ish. Yeah, it's um, it's heavily, heavily influenced by uh, The Legend of Zelda, like the, the first one, yeah. like the 8-bit one. Um, and it plays a lot like that, as you might expect. But the thing that I want to talk about is my favorite part of the game, uh, which is um, one of the collectibles are actual pages from the manual. And oh. And like, so you you start the game and like you interact with something and like a fake language comes up uh, and you don't know, like you interact with a mailbox, right? And it's like, blah, 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 and you're like, I don't know what the mm-hmm. fuck that means. Uh, and eventually you can, if you wanted to spend the time, you can decipher the entire language in the game. Um, but then you start getting pages of the manual uh, and you'll get like page 27 and 28, right? And like, it'll have like a lot of the fake language and also like just normal English and it'll have like some handwritten notes on it. Um, and if you read those real carefully, you can kind of figure out stuff in the world, like where to go or what to do, how to upgrade like your health or your attack and things like that. And the experience of just going through the game, finding these pages, spending an inordinate amount of time on these pages, just really looking at them, trying to find clues and try to figure out like what the secrets are was so much fucking fun. I had an absolute oh, yeah. fucking blast for it. That, yeah. So much fun. It like, my sister is playing the game at the same time, which is, that's a very mm-hmm. rare occasion. And so she was like texting me and she's like, I don't get it. Like I got these things and it looks like I should be able to upgrade my health. And I'm like, yeah, but look at page 11. And she would text me back and be like, <laughs> Oh shit, you do it at the, you do it at the save point. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. Um, and that, that process, nobody else was playing it. It was super weird. Like nobody on, on the monster week discord on don't give up skeleton discord. Nobody engaged with me on Twitter when I would talk about it. It was really <laughs> weird. Uh, so it was, and I, and then my sister went on like a trip. And so she, she hasn't even played it for like days and I've already finished it. So, um, funny. it was just really, really fun. It reminded me of like the witness playing the witness for the first time and having like a core group of 10 or 15 people that were all trying to solve shit together and not like just having to look up a wiki to, to find an mm-hmm. answer to something. Mm-hmm. Elder I, I, is, never, is I never way. enjoy looking at a wiki. I, I never no. like it. I'd it's rather look at Reddit and that's saying something. <laughs> that got me <clears throat> sorry i just that, want that... a forum i want a forum where everybody has a signature at the bottom and it's yeah. some stupid flashy gif or something i and, want that experience and there's a there's a forum that i'm still on uh that does stuff like that uh and i looked up the tunic thread and it was at like a thousand pages or whatever it was like insane because the game had been out for a while and i was like well absolutely not like there's no I'm not going to go into this thread and like with my early game hints and they're just going to tell me all of the end game stuff. Like they're just going to tell me what it is. They've already figured it out. Like I wasn't there for the zeitgeist, um, but yeah, it was, it was super fun. And then the boss was so hard and keep in mind that I I have finished Elden Ring twice. I finished all of the souls games multiple times. The boss was so hard. I turned on um, can't lose mode to beat it. Damn. Yeah. There's certain game, man. I, I, there is a, a serious argument to be made about, the legitimate fairness of, of FromSoft games because it just seems like anybody can overcome those hurdles. Yeah. And like, it's a normal thing that that most players do if they don't quit. They eventually get there. 
Mm -hmm. um, accessibility is a different thing, but there is there is a path forward, and it seems like everyone is able to learn it if they if they put the time in. But then you take a game like I guess Tunic. In my case, it's Kingdom Hearts Two. <laughs> there are certain <laughs> bosses where I'm just like, you have to you have to be insane. And I mean that in the most derogatory way possible. <laughs> you have to be insane. You have to, to be, be able the to dirtiest gamer. You have to be able to see through time <laughs> or just be Donald Duck to be able to handle this. And then I like I played Kingdom Hearts 2 and I, I failed at all these fucking hard bosses. Then I was like, guess I'll just go back to Sekiro because that's easier. <laughs> like, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Oh, man. Yeah, it, it, it definitely, definitely feels that way. Like, and that's like this. There was something about. Um, Elden Ring very clearly signs when you are having trouble, right? Like you can mm -hmm. you can feel it, you get knocked down or whatever. For some reason in Tunic, and this was a problem that I had throughout the game, but it just didn't really matter because it wasn't too terribly of a difficult game. Um, I had a real hard time telling when I would get hit, um, and so I would I would get into situations where I would die, and I would be like, I didn't even know I didn't have any health. Like when did I get hit? Like I just had no clue. Mm, and it's on mm. me for like not looking in the bottom corner for my health bar. But also, why is the health bar in the bottom corner? That's not video yeah, games. What strange. are you doing? That's strange. Yeah, I have a really hard time now. The older I get, like absorbing the information on screen. Yeah, like, absolutely. So dude. When I when yeah. I play Final Fantasy fourteen, the reason that I always end up falling off of it. Um, like I play it for a couple weeks and then I'll, you know, kind of drift away or whatever. You know, I do enjoy the loop of it and I like the idea of an MMO. I watch a lot of videos about MMOs that I'll never play because I just think that the concepts are really interesting. Um, but I'm not a social person on the internet or in real life. Um, and I have stage fright when it comes to like performing in like a dungeon with a group of people in a video game. Um, but it's like, okay, I've got the, I've got my buffs. I've got my, my actual attacks and that I'm doing my combinations that I have to, to perform my health bar, the boss's health bar, like all this stuff where I think a normal pe person just looks at their screen and they can take in that information once they've had enough practice with it. But me, I just feel like I am constantly not picking up on something. Like if I'm really focused in on, on my attacks, then I completely don't fucking realize if I'm running out of health or something. That yeah. shit happens to me constantly. And I don't know why I'm just so bad. See, again, going back to, to Elden Ring or Dark Souls or whatever. It's like I got like two bars I gotta look at, and that's it. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> everything and like maybe, else is just swingy swing, dodgy dodge. I'm good. Maybe three, right? Like maybe, maybe three, three bars. Um, this was something that I, I I was really surprised uh, that a bunch of games didn't adopt was when Dead Cells came out, and like your health bar was like that green LED on your spine, right? Mm -hmm. um, so like you were looking at the center of the screen where your character is, and like looking above them to see, but like you could just clearly see your health, and it was indicated right there on the character like you didn't have to look somewhere else it was really neat and i don't i can't think of a single other game that has done that since and it's bizarre it is a, it's an extremely cool mechanic i forgot they're remaking dead so, they are whatever yeah, yeah. Called. dead um, space yeah dead space dead space excuse me um they're remaking silent hill 2 apparently if the rumors are to be believed yeah um, i've heard a bunch of stuff man i i thought you silent hill fans were just hungry for silent hill and it turns out all of you everybody's like fuck this <laughs> Everybody is everybody, like fuck everybody this. just wants to be able to play the originals on their modern hardware. Yes, um, that's it. With the original, like is, with the, I think they want to play uh, their original games on their modern hard hardware, mm -hmm. but also be eleven years old when they do it, like when they originally the played thing, Silver and Silent Hill. Want to be eleven years old when well, you were talking about manuals earlier? I remember, you know, and this is something that's echoed by a lot of people. It's like uh, you get home with a new video game. 
And like the first thing I was always end up doing, or if I, if I didn't go and play it immediately, be like, okay, well, I gotta, I'm gonna go in the bathroom. And I gotta wait for dinner to be ready. I'm just gonna go sit sit on the toilet and read the manual to this video. Absolutely, game. Like, yeah. I, I can't kind of start it. it back, you know. Right? I I I yearn for that past experience. Um, but yeah, with with Silent Hill two being remade, like of course, yeah, I wanna I want it to be the first time I ever played it again, and it's never going to be. Um, but it's what blooper team, blooper team, however, whatever their name is, yeah, the people who made yeah. the medium. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think a lot of people maybe don't don't like them. Um, if they're making a one to one remake of Silent Hill two, and it's just going to look pretty, like the Shadow of the Colossus one or Demon Souls, where it's it's pretty close, it's pretty close. Um, I think that people can would be okay with that. Um, my See, issue, as you know, with the medium with that game was that how much <laughs> the protagonist talked to herself yeah. and how many like how much of her inner thoughts you were exposed to. Um, which did help me understand something I don't like about horror, which is like I need there to be a level of of silence, I guess. In Silent Hill, because those games are old, I'm sure if they could have, they would have put more voice acting in. But because they're old, um, most of the uh, the the thoughts of the character is just like a single line of text that you have to read, and it's silent. So there's not these constant interruptions with the character's reflections and thoughts and poetry and all that stuff. Um, so if they can if they can remake Silent Hill. And, and not put any poetry in it, I'll be very happy. <laughs> I remember uh, you really not liking that game, and I had, I had a relatively good time with it. I was like, yeah, this is, you know, this is a fun I game. Think, other than, there was a lot of, there's a lot of really, really cool ideas in that game. Um, the, that, like, split world stuff, like, looks so cool, and it yeah. works pretty well for the puzzles. Um, visually, the game was really great. It was literally just, like, the narr- narration. Yeah. I wonder if I could, like, turn off voice acting. <laughs> Just you like could probably do it, but I think it. I think you would miss. I think you would still see the subtitles yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it would still be yeah. a little weird. But um, I also I th- that the graphics might be the thing because I had just gotten the Series X, and that was one of the first games mm, that was like, mm. "Ooh, you needed the Series X to play this." And I was like, "All right, let's get it." And so like all of the 4K HDR stuff was super good. So I was I was into it. Yeah, I think I yeah I really we, I joked a lot about um, the Resident Evil Two remake, where you know. Mr. X will like rip a helicopter in half and then start charging at Leon and he'll just go, what the, <laughs> like it's the most toned down <laughs> non-response ever. But then, you know, and it's funny, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, well, he's not like, he's not e- expressing for you. You are still yeah. sort of like, you're having your own fear, your own reaction. Um, And then the medium there, yeah, there was a lot. Of, and then that's intentional. It's not like the writers like did it by mistake. They wanted to show the characters yeah. inner thoughts. That was, and I just did happen to not vibe with that. Um, but yeah, I, I I like the silence with the with the occasional comment here and there. Um, like you know, Silent Hill too. You walk around in silence for an hour, and then you get to a cutscene, and it's the most bizarre voice acting <laughs> choices you've ever seen in your life. But they really stick out to you because they're few and far between. So the, the those moments really do they hit you. Um, with like Fatal Frame, you walk around and it's just like dead silent all the time, and then you just hear some chick whispering <laughs> from far away, and you shit your pants because you don't know why she's whispering. Um, yeah, I, so it's the silence. Silence is a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, it speaking definitely. of silence, let's shut up and talk about Merlin. Let's let's talk about Merlin. Um, do do do. I don't remember how to podcast. Uh, it's that's not been that long, Chris. No, it's been one, no, two weeks. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. not been. It's, it has not yeah. been very long at all. Um, just real quick, gonna gonna add uh. Got to make sure I download Morbius. 
this real gotta quick. get that one gotta get that to one go. gotta get that one processing so i can you know make sure i watch it after the podcast um Morbius Ooh. Mondays. It's Morbius, Tuesday, but that's Morbius mo- Mondays. Going forward, we're going to have a tradition, Morbius Mondays, where Morbius every week we, talk we get about a Discord Morbius. call and watch Morbius. I am uh, excited to introduce everybody to Morbius. Uh, I don't think I'm going to have as good a time with Morbius as I did with Venom, because uh, I think Jared Leto sucks. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Tom Hardy, just I think it's Tom Hardy and Venom. It's one of the Toms. I don't yeah, remember. It's Tom Hardy. It's Tom Hardy. I told you I met. I met. Well, met. Met in quotations. Uh, Jared Leto. He's Jared Leto's the only celebrity I've ever uh, physically touched. Okay. Um, no, you, I have yeah. not heard this story on like eighteen thousand podcasts. Chris, when, when did you meet Jared? Leto? I was maybe fifteen. I went to a concert, like a, a festival called Taste of Chaos. It was all those like emo screamo bands. Um, like the used senses fail. I don't remember who else played, but 30 seconds to Mars played. And that was Jared Leto's band. Um, and for whatever reason, he decided like, you know, he's got the straightened black hair and the eyeliner. He was, he was fully into it. Same guy. Um, and for whatever reason, he decided to climb through the stands and we were up in the stands. We weren't down in the pit. We were children. We were too scared. Um, he decides to climb through this, the stands. I don't know with his microphone, just being, being Jared Leto, I guess. And as he goes by me, I don't know what I just. You ever been in a well at the time in in gym class in the locker room? The boys were very fond of giving each other five stars on the back, meaning they would slap each other on the back hard enough to leave a big red mark. Um, oh just Jesus! Juvenile, juvenile okay. behavior from you know teen boys. Boy, so Jared I... Leto goes climbing back to me in his in his skin tight black t shirt or whatever, and I just say fuck it, man, just fuck it, and I smacked him on the back as hard as are I you could. Ser- you fucking wounded as hard as I could. Jared, he Leto? didn't react. He didn't react because he's climbing. He's got the he's got the adrenaline, you know. But when I I remember afterwards, I was just like, why the fuck did I just smack? Chris, what if Jared Leto? What if that is what put him into the method acting? Like, what if Maybe. that was the moment? Like, he got smacked, and he was like, "I have to pretend as if I didn't just get smacked the hardest I've ever been smacked, as if my my yeah. back isn't oh, just and, a and let me t- I was star of agony I was right strong. now. <laughs> I I have to I have to go on stage and perform like like nothing is wrong with me when it really I am in agony, and that was what set yeah. the path. That was what set his man. I'm so sorry. He's like he has got like a cult now, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Got I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so yeah. sorry. To him and to the public at, at large. <laughs> so strange. And it's all your fault. Let's talk about Merlin before we get yeah, too, okay. too far. Before it. before I'm arrested for assault. <laughs> um, uh, Still is Kingdom Heaps, a creepy but necessary podcast yeah. about the TV show. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. Okay. <laughs>